0: So um, when it came to God and Moses, well, there has to be, you know, that law was given, but that was a promise that the Jewish people, the nation of Israel said, all that he hath commanded us, we will do. They agreed to the contract, to the covenant given by law, and therefore they're not supposed to break the law. And if they broke the law, they had to make the right sacrifices. Did Israel ever break the law? So, they have at times broken the covenant. Now, when it comes to God, who made a covenant with Abraham, because Abraham wasn't involved in the deal, it's just that God gave His word. This is what God's going to do. He is going to justify heathen by faith. And Abraham has nothing to do with it. He was the participant. And everybody who comes down the pike can be justified by faith because God gave a promise. And the promise that he made cannot be annulled. So God did not have to get Abraham's approval. He didn't have to get God's approval to add the law to come alongside. The law that was added to this, God can do because the covenant was only with him anyway. So he can add to it, but he can't break his promise. Because the promise was given and God cannot break his word. The law did not break the promise. The law did not change the deal that God had made with Abraham. Even though it was only one-sided that he's going to justify man by faith. And so the giving of the law does not annul that promise that God had made. So God could add the law. But the law was to come alongside and show every man that he cannot save himself by his works, therefore he needs a sacrifice so that God can keep his word to save a man by faith alone. So that's what's going on here. So look there in uh, these verses, and we'll make a few little comments down through here. At the uh, first page here, the covenant came before the law of Moses. So this covenant. Covenant that God made was 430 years before God ever gave the law. So that promise was that God would save a man by faith, without the law, because the law wasn't even given yet. And so at letter A, there are two types of these covenants. Covenant means compact or a fetter which would bind together. Conditional, unconditional, dependent upon man's performance or actions. If it's conditional, conditioned upon you. Unconditional, independent of man's performance or action. There are considered to be eight covenants. Abraham, Davidic are two examples. Dispensations. Uh, on my chart that I have, I've got seven dispensations. Uh, the one that I did in 1969 had the same amount of dispensations. I haven't found any more. I haven't added to it. Now, if I wanted to, since I drew my own chart, I could add another one if I wanted. But I wouldn't, it wouldn't be as biblical, I don't believe. So look at the number on um, verse 15 Paul drives his point by using something familiar the principle of a human covenant and made for two or more parties so you can sign agreements between people and all three sign it or two sign it and it's an agreement and that's why you have to be careful about what you sign and what you promise and the Bible says uh, it's better not to make a, a vow than to make a vow and not keep it because when you promise something what should you do keep your word. And that's what everybody does today, right? We're a man of our word. I gave my word. And most people's word isn't worth very much anymore. Ask the guy at the bank. When you say, loan me $10,000 and I'll pay you back someday. (laughs) See how that goes. But number four, Abrahamic covenant, superior to the law. Why? Because it came first And it was based upon God keeping His word. The law was between God and man, and guess who won't keep their word? What is wrong with the law? Well, man didn't keep it, man did not keep His word. Man promised, but man doesn't do it. You can promise today, I'm gonna live according to the law and keep it perfectly from this day forward. You wanna try it? Well, you're gonna have trouble you're not going to do it. You're going to fail. Now look at the next thing. Made by God, ratified when Abram was sleeping. This was how covenants were made. An animal would be split into two halves. It was symbolic, but whatever was covered at that point could not be changed by either party. And so therefore God had to keep His promise. So that's why the addition of the law He could do and be justified but it could not change the promise, the law being added to it. It could not change this covenant that God had made with Abraham. So if God says a man is saved by grace and not by his works, these legalistic Judaizers were trying to put them under the law. Well, they've already, got already promised you'd be saved by faith, not by the law. So that means that uh, these legalistic Judaizers were out of place. It means their message was a wrong message. And they were false teachers. And they were not to be believed. Abraham, I mean I should say Paul, is laying out a beautiful case of why salvation is by grace, must be by grace, and only by grace, and can never be by the law. Because the law cannot disannul what God promised that a man be saved by faith alone. Look at the next statement. Let us see there, there was no mediator, one who stands between the two parties involved. The law, Moses was the mediator between Israel and God, the law given through angels to Moses. So there was somebody, you know, between the people and uh, God, and uh, God used a man named Moses. And so God was able to use him. But you see, that means that uh, he was speaking for God and also speaking for Israel. He was like bringing the two together. And that's what you have when you have a mediator. The next statement here the promise, God is one, verse 20, meaning there was no need for a mediator for the promise to Abraham because it was made by God alone. So, letter D, it was an unconditional covenant of promise to justify man without his works. So here we are, 2,000 years since Christ died. When Jesus came, the gospel that was preached at his time must be the same gospel that was preached in Abraham's time and the same gospel we preach today because there's not another gospel. There's not another good news on how a man is saved. If it's a man is saved by grace, the only way you can have another gospel is a man is saved by works. You can't have another one. Except it has to be something that you can add to the gospel. But he says you cannot add to the gospel of grace. So what were the legalistic Judaizers trying to do? Add to the gospel. And that caused it to be an accursed message. Why does it say that it is a curse message in the book of Galatians in chapter 1, verse 6 through 9? Because it putting you under the law. And cursed is everyone who is under the law. Cursed is everyone that continueth not, in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. They're under a curse. So he's trying to get these believers to understand this and to see this. Now look at number 5, verse 16. To Abraham and his seed, one seed, which is Christ. That is Christ. Paul is showing that the blessing of Abraham, the covenant, the promise of receiving the blessing was only through one seed, which is Christ. Not through many seeds, which would be through men. And the law, the conduit for all to receive the blessing of Abraham was specifically to one seed through Christ. In other words, down the road there would be one man, not many men, not people, but one man that through him, that seed, all the families of the earth can be blessed because they can receive salvation because that one person is going to be born. A perfect individual. And he's going to keep the law perfectly. And he's going to make the payment for all the sins of all the world so that salvation can be given to everybody. And so, therefore, every man can be justified by faith alone. Now, there's people who will not trust Christ as Savior. And if they really understood this, it would be a shame to turn it down, to reject it. Verse 17. So something that comes from the first covenant, the law, Can't cancel or change in any part of the first, the original. The law was 430 years after the promise. Most Jews today answer that Abraham was saved by following the law. It's interesting to see their reaction when you point out the time difference. How could Abraham have been saved by the law when he lived 400 and something years before the law was ever given? Top of the page 2. In verse 18... And it says, if it be of the law, then it is no more a promise. If a man could be saved by his works, then he would not be saved by grace. The way God promised to save. So it would annul the promise that God gave. If a man could be saved any other way than by grace. But he can't be. And if it be a promise, then no more of law. If it is by the promise, it can't be by the law. But if it is by the law, it can't be by the promise. It can't be both ways. Letter A there. God gave it to Abraham. The promise was made to Abraham. All families of the earth benefited from that covenant that God made with him. Nobody has benefited from the fact that God made a covenant with Israel through the law. Because nobody has ever kept the law. Man has failed. So that's to prove that man is a sinner cannot save himself by his works. Till now men knew what requirement it was. The righteousness of God. And like Paul says in chapter 10 of the book of Romans. Paul says, I, know that I have a, my prayer and heart's desires for Israel that they might be saved. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. For they have been ignorant of the righteousness of God. Going about trying to establish their own righteousness and have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of Christ. And Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. Christ is the end of the law. So why are you trying to put people back under the law when Christ is the end of the law for righteousness? And God proved that by giving of the law... Man cannot save himself in any way, shape, or form. Now that's in verse, uh, chapter 3 and verse 19. See there, verse 19. It was added because of the transgression. Sin was in the world before the law was given, but there was no law. And then God gave the law. People still died. And letter B, all are under sin. See, the law was the proof that man needed that he's not righteous and cannot save himself. And God only took 1,500 years to convince man of this truth. The next statement. In letter E, Being ordained by angels, God gave angels authority to carry out and deliver the law to Moses. Angels did not create or enact the Mosaic law, but it was received by the angels from God and delivered to Moses, the mediator between Israel and God. So then you have a, a bunch of these things down here about how God has and will use angels. And I also believe, according to the book of um, Hebrews in chapter one, that um, I have a guardian angel. I have a guardian angel. I've had others, but they transferred. But I've had a guardian angel. I, I, when I used to drive a bus in the middle of the night, it scared them so bad they'd put in for transfers and i got it since some more. But every one of us, the Bible says they are ministering spirits for those that are going to be saved. Not going to be saved, that are going to be delivered from this world. But you are blessed by having a guardian angel. Now, every one of you in here, now I don't know if you've got one or you've got more than that, but I know you've got at least one. And so, um, you say, I can't see them. Oh, but they see you. And that's all you need to know. Don't start praying to the angels and so forth. <laughs> don't start looking over your shoulder and... Um, you're not going to see them, but look down in verse twenty. Verse twenty, number two there, a mediator is not needed for an agreement made by one person. In other words, if you make an agreement with yourself, I think I'm going to go to the store, and I promise that's what I'm going to do. Now, you can change your mind if you want to, and it doesn't affect anybody because you didn't make an agreement with somebody. But this is what God did. But God made a vow, and he could not. And if you read the um, the book of um, Hebrews in chapter 6, the Bible talks about how that God, when he could swear by no greater than himself, he swore by his own name. He swore because, and God, two immutable things, God can't break his promise. God can't lie. And that's why he says, we have a hope that enters into the veil, like a, I got an anchor, I'm hanging onto the rope, and this anchor goes into the veil, and it's anchored in the veil because it's, it's, it's hung around the promise of God. And he keeps his word. And when he saves you, you have Will my anchor hold? There's a song that somebody used to sing. Will your anchor hold? Bob, how long has it been since you sung it? Not long ago, was it? No, it wasn't long ago. He just don't remember when. But he, he <laughs> sung the song. And uh, will your anchor hold? Yes, your anchor holds. Because, the, see, the rope is your hope. That's your anticipation. God who... It's on the other side of the, he keeps his word. And you can know that and believe that. Now, when you have a multiple persons, oh, then you have sometimes a mediator. Uh, have you ever want to buy a house, but you have a lawyer or you have a broker? You've got somebody that's uh, like a mediator for you, and you got to go to closing, and somebody has to. Now, some people can do it by themselves. That's fine. But it's always good to have somebody you can blame. So, um. You might want to think about that. Now look over there at number three. When you talk about the Mosaic Law, remember this and we said to people, the law was the schoolmaster or as I say the school bus that brings the kids to school. It's not the end in itself it's to bring you to something. Just very quickly look in the book of Galatians in chapter 3. Chapter 3 and the Scriptures, it says in verse 22, but the scripture hath concluded how many under sin? All under sin. That the what? That the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that do what? Believe. So it's not by the law. God made a promise, and God had to have his son coming down the cross pay for sins. In order for God, the Father, to keep his promise. What if the Son had to change his mind? You see, that's why the promise was between God and his seed. And the Father and the Son, both God. There's more to the death than that, but just forget about it right now. Look at verse 23. For before faith came, before people put their faith in Christ, you're under the law. You see, the flesh that you have, your flesh birth is under the law. The law is given to condemn the flesh. And the weakness of the law is not that the law isn't good. The law is good, but the flesh cannot keep it. So because of the weakness of the flesh to keep the law, that's why we have to be delivered from the curse of the law. Because all it can do is condemn us. The law was never given to save us. The law cannot give us eternal life. But so he says here, but before faith came, we were kept under the law, shut up unto the faith which should afterwards be revealed. Wherefore the law was our schoolmaster. Was. To those who trusted Christ as Savior, we're not under the law. The flesh, the first birth, is under the law. The second birth was born without the law. The second birth is born From God and it's from above, and so the new birth is not under the law. So he says, Wherefore the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto who? Unto Christ. Why? That we might be justified by faith. That's the promise that God made to Abraham in Genesis chapter 15 and verse 6. Also here in Genesis chapter, I mean, Galatians chapter 3 and verse 8. So being justified by faith. Then you see there in verse 25, but after that faith is come, and you put your faith in Jesus Christ, we are no longer under the schoolmaster. Now, what was the schoolmaster? Well, it, it tells us what it was in verse 24. The law was our schoolmaster. We're no longer under the law. Why? Because the new birth was not born under the condemnation of the law. The first birth was. The flesh was. And that's why he says in verse 24, for ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. Not because of the law or anything like that. And then in verse 29, And if ye be Christ, then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise, the promise that God had made. Now, go back here to your notes. There's one other thing I want you to see. Because I made a statement the other day, and I know that people may not really understand it or even agree Like I said, not everybody has to agree perfectly with me. Just 99.9%. That's all. But you can read this whole thing here at number three. But I wanted you to look down here at a scripture reference. And I want you to see this in your Bible. Because I want you to believe I didn't make this verse up. Go back there to the book of uh, Isaiah. The book of Isaiah. And chapter three. Isaiah chapter three. Israel was in pitiful condition as a nation. When you read chapter 1, you'll see that from the sole of their feet to the top of their head, and everywhere in between, they were corrupt. And God really blessed them out. And so he told him, says, come and let us reason together, saith the Lord. And he makes a few little promises there. That's found in verse 18 of chapter 1. But right now, chapter 3. In chapter 3, I want you to look in verse 4. And I will give children to be their prince, and babes shall rule over them. And the people shall be oppressed, every one by another, and every one by his neighbor. The child shall behave himself proudly against the ancients and the base against the honorable. In other words, an upheaval concerning the chain of command. In other words, uh, the dishonor of children with their parents and young adults rebelling against the ancient ones, which is anybody that's over 76. But now this is important to see because I wanted you to see that in uh, verse 12 where it says, As for my people, children are their oppressors. Do you realize that today... For the evil people to take away our freedoms and our rights, they'll use the children. For the sake of the children. While they're murdering millions of them, they want to protect the children. You're watching this here, um, you know, these people coming to the border and want to get right? It's the children. Sure, you love the children. They care nothing about those children. They're not interested in those children. They want to use children to take away the rights of the others. Little by little. and, And you can be so emotional, so moved. And yes, 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 I'll vote for you. Some people are plain ignorant. Now notice the next part of this verse. Where he says in verse 12, And women rule over them. But Yankee made that up. Or is that in the Bible? Is it in the Bible? Evidently, I don't believe God expects women to rule over us. That's just my humble opinion. But that doesn't mean that some women can't rule better than men. Because they can. I've had people say, well, I don't see. I had a woman tell me one time. She says, I don't see why we can't have women preachers. Because she was a woman preacher. (laughs) I don't see why we can't be women preachers. And I said, what are you going to do whenever you get to that Timothy scripture? You know, let the women keep silent in the church. How are you going to preach being, keeping your mouth shut? <laughs> well, anyway, I, I irritated just a little bit. But um, I says, and the Bible says, women keep silent in the churches, and God is not the author of confusion. I, I didn't put those two verses together. They come together just like that in the Bible. But that doesn't mean that some of them can't make good decisions and make, that doesn't mean all the public schools are bad because you know, you know they're, they're not a Christian school and they don't get to teach everything like we'd like. It, some of them, they got good teachers and they got good principal. They're trying to do the best job they can. So it's not that good to always try to put everybody in the same basket because it's not true. And not all women are bad, not all men are good. It's just not that way. But just like uh, you know, a, a dog, a dog can walk on its legs but it sure looks stupid, but he can do it. That means they should all walk on their legs. And just because God says a sign of you losing control is this is what's going to happen. It'll, yeah, you know, for the sake of the children. But yet the Bible tells us in Psalm 78, for the sake of the children, study God's word and do this and so forth. And he tells us what to do, lest your children become rebellious as their fathers were. You've got to reach the children and educate the children in the truth of what God's Word has to say. But anyway, you say, why is that important? Because we're going to cover a little bit about it later on, about a child that is a, a servant and a child that is a son or an heir. And they are different. But anyway, look up here. This hand representing you and me and... The wallet represents sin. The Bible says we all are sinners. And so the law verifies us. Because God has given a righteous law. There's nothing wrong with the law of God. There's nothing wrong with what God required. It's just that we can't keep it. Because we have a sinful nature. And we lust, and we covet, and we lie, and we steal. And we do everything we're not supposed to do, and neither do we love the Lord our God with all our heart, mind, body, soul, and strength. And then neither do we love one another as ourselves. So God used the law to show us that we're sinners and cannot save ourselves. And the law is to point us to one person, and that's Christ. So the law says, if you sin, you got to die. The wages of sin is death, and every soul that sinneth shall die. But God loves us; doesn't want us to go to hell. But there's a uh, place called heaven, and I want to go to heaven. But God says, you've got to be perfect. Well, that takes care of me and everybody else in the world. None of us can save ourselves, but we are all guilty. So Jesus Christ, who was the Lord God in the flesh, came into this world because he loves us. He hates our sin because our sin separates us from him. So Jesus Christ, who had no sin, didn't have to die. But he took all of our sins, paid for them on the cross... So that God the Father could keep his promise to save us by faith. So the law that condemns us forces us to look for a Savior. And there's only one, that's Christ. So when we trust Christ as our Savior, he saves us from something to something, from hell to heaven, and gives us the free gift of everlasting life. And we get to go to heaven on what Jesus Christ did for us. That's mighty good news. Let's pray, shall we? With head's bowed and eyes closed, no one looking around. If you're here tonight and you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, I hope you understand maybe just a little bit better that if you haven't trusted the Lord, now is a good time to do so. Would you believe that he died on the cross, that he paid for your sins, came back from the dead, and that if you trust him, he'd save you, give you eternal life? And if you're watching by Internet, right there on the screen, says, yes, I will trust Christ as my Savior. If you've never trusted him, I pray that you would. Father, we thank you again for your blessings. Thank you for this time together and the study of your word. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.